Hello and welcome to the UCL News podcast, powered by UCL Minds. I'm Kate Corrie, and in this episode, we're discussing work-life balance, how important it is, how possible it is, and how to improve it. I'm joined by Geraint Rees, Dean of the Faculty of Life Sciences and Professor of Cognitive Neurology, and Alexandra Olea Castro, Professor of Physics in the Faculty of Maths and Physical Sciences, and Vice Dean of Equality, Diversity and Inclusion in the Faculty. So welcome both, and thank you for joining me today. This podcast was inspired by a piece in Nature, which Geraint, you were interviewed for, about why your work-life balance is important to you, and how you and your wife balance childcare responsibilities. You do talk about this in your piece. What would you say was the turning point for you, and how did that change your approach to achieving balance for you and your wife afterwards? It's always difficult to work out if there's a single turning point uh, because I think one thing I always think about work-life balance is that balance is a verb and not a noun. It's something you're constantly doing, balancing as your work changes and as your life changes. Um, Perhaps if I picked out one moment that was important to me, uh, it was when my daughter, my eldest daughter, was much younger. Um, and she was at primary school and she was playing the flute uh, learning to play the flute and at the same time I was a bit earlier in my career and uh, UCL Media had picked me to do a lunch hour lecture an incredibly prestigious uh, lecture um, in Brain Awareness Week the most important week for awareness of the brain Uh, and I was really looking forward to giving that lecture or the publicity had gone out Uh, and in the way primary schools sometimes do uh, they let me know with about three or four days notice that uh, uh, Millie would be playing uh, in uh, a concert that lunchtime. Uh, it was her first ever concert and she'd be doing a solo and her parents would were, were invited to come along. Uh, and so f- perhaps for one of the first times I remember there was a, a clear dilemma between uh, doing what I really wanted to do and what I was really proud to do, a lecture for my university, um, a- a- and doing what I really wanted to do, was really proud to do, uh, being a parent. Uh, and so I had to choose. I had to walk the walk uh, as well as talk the talk uh, and I'm delighted that I chose to go see my daughter's flute concert. Um, I learned lots of things out out of that. Uh, One was um, I'm in a wonderful academic community with wonderful colleagues uh, because after people got over there uh, upset that I was cancelling at two days notice uh, an amazing colleague who's far better than I and has gone on to be uh, much better known uh, in terms of uh, her work on public engagement and media as well as her outstanding science uh, stepped in to do the lecture, gave a much better job than I, I did uh, and I went to see my daughter's wonderful flute solo um, and, and was a happy parent. So it taught me many things. Um, I wasn't irreplaceable, there were wonderful colleagues Um, Doing the right thing as a parent is really important. My daughter still remembers that many years later. Um, And I think it set me on a path to realise that I could do that uh, and that sort of thing, and I could uh, balance my work and my life. It's been a bit of a challenge ever since, though. I'm sure. And it it sounds like you've taken the the thinking that that you came out of that with through your career ever since. I'd hope so. I, I, I would. It's always difficult. As a parent, you only get one chance. Uh, it's lived forwards exactly. and evaluated backwards, as Kierkegaard would say about life. Uh, and you're constantly trying to do your best in difficult and uncertain circumstances. Uh, of course, it's difficult not being a parent as well. If you're not a parent and you, you still have a work-life balance, that there's always something that you're trying to do right. 
Um, so I, I, also one thing that's been very important to me has been just a little bit of reflection on on why I did the things I did or, or, or when it went wrong, because it doesn't always go right. You, you have stories for podcasts like this of when it goes right, but there are some times when it goes wrong as well, I'm sure for all of us. Uh, just a little bit of reflection uh, about why and how and, and did I get it right. So constant learning process never stops. Absolutely. Yeah, same here. I don't really like talking about work-life balance, but more life-work dynamics. Uh, because for me, the main uh, structure is my life and how work fits within the life. So as, as Garen said, <laughs> yeah, as Garen said, uh, there have been many uh, turning points. Um, I think for me, it was uh, when I was doing my PhD, um, I found myself one day at three in the morning at, at Oxford in an office looking at a computer, getting a figure and being happy about that. And for a moment I thought, how, how can this be what makes me happy, being at three in the morning in front of, the, of a computer by myself in this office? And I think after that I decided that it couldn't continue in that way and that I definitely needed to, to set my priorities right. And since then it changes. Now I have two kids and again life continues to be the main issue I focus on and how my work fit, fits within that life. Um, my priority is my family, indeed. PhDs can be pretty challenging, can't they? I remember mine. It's that open-ended nature of it. You exactly. think the more you work, uh, the more you do. And of course, most of us enjoy our PhDs exactly, as well. So, exactly. so why wouldn't you be yeah, up at 3 exactly. And also, if you have a pressure, like for instance, in my case, is I had this three-year fellowship, so I had to finish my yeah. PhD in that time. So with that pressure, which in academia continues throughout your whole life, then you just want to focus on that. But I understood with the time that that pressure would always be there. And you somehow need to understand how to manage that pressure to, at the end of the day, make sure that, as you said, so as a parent, you only have one chance. but as a human being, you also only have one chance to live. So within that context, then I, I have learned little by little to, to manage that pressure and still make step forwards in my career. Uh, maybe not at the same rate that I would like sometimes, but still forward, but continuing within that dynamics in which I put priority in the things that make me fully happy and that is of course, the science I do and my family. I really like that word dynamics. That really reminds <laughs> me both both of it was reminding me of my, my point about balance, but also a thing I notice in my life uh, when I was thinking about coming to do this podcast is I'm constantly readjusting and constantly exactly. tweaking yeah. uh, so that, that today will unfold and things will happen uh, at home, here at work, exactly. and I will have to just readjust and retweak and sometimes I'll be coming out to take a phone call or doing something or sending an email or whatever and, and it never stops really. Exactly, and sometimes it will be more focused on one aspect, sometimes it will be focused on another aspect, sometimes it, it will have to be that your family has to wait a little bit while you sort out something particular at work but then another time it will be this so it's not all the time just this balancing how people might imagine that it's all well planned for a day and from seven to ten you enjoy the life with your kids or anything no it's it's, it's adjust adjusting your dynamics to uh, make sure that you cover these aspects of your life and that includes also time for yourself yeah i always try to make a plan i, I love lists and things like that but of course <laughs> it never survives it never no, survives contact exactly. with reality no. it always has to be readjusted no. as soon as reality yeah. intervenes yeah. i think one of the things that i found most challenging is the 
mind load. So I don't know if this is the right term, but it's the fact that you do have so many things that you need to cover. And uh, in particular, I don't know, as a woman, I, I find myself that I have them all at the same time in my mind. So I might be working on something and it pops out, oh my God, I haven't checked the summer club for my daughter <laughs> next week. Or another thing pops out, oh my God, I haven't given feedback. So important, you see? <laughs> I agree, I agree. So, so you do have to find a strategy to manage that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it feels the same for everyone. It's like spinning mm. plates. There, there are all these plates spinning around you that you've set spinning and occasionally one's going to fall and you've got to give it a little tweak and then you've got to go to the next plate and give it a little tweak and a little tweak. And then, of course, uh, sometimes we, we forget something and, and then it's a catastrophe. I think uh, th feeling not guilty about having all those things is quite important as yeah. well. Um, I, I, I often feel... Uh, well, I think many people feel guilty they're either neglecting their work when they're doing something at home or neglecting their home when they're at something at work. Yeah. And I found learning to manage that and cope with that, listen to feedback when you're actually doing a good job, um, and, and cope with that is very important. And the resilience you said as well was, was really important to me. Uh, one of the things I've done is take up running which uh, I, I do not like sport. I was a kid who hated sport. Oh. Um, I had no I interest sport. whatsoever. <laughs> um, and, and now I love running. Uh, yeah. And I love running because for me it's my resilience and I it takes, takes me away. Oh no, I can't, I can't <laughs> swim. All the water goes up my nose and, I, and I, I, I start coughing. No, I'm a terrible swimmer. Never learned to swim as a kid, but I love running. <laughs> Well, we meet there. <laughs> so sport is very key to helping you maintain that For balance. me, absolutely. I think we can take that away. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to pick up on a point you mentioned um, about being a woman, Alexandra. And yeah. do you think the idea of a work-life balance is tied to gender equality at all? I think it definitely plays a strong role. Definitely things have been changing in the last, uh, let's, say, let's say, 20 years more. I can notice it. Uh, but I do think there is a strong... Um, emphasis is still in the caring for the family in the woman. Of course, we are seeing that this is changing because there are there is more flexibility for both uh, the father or, or the two members of the family or the, the just one member of the family, whichever is the composition of the family. There is more flexibility around how we can um, do our things. Uh, but I do think there is a still a strong uh, emphasis in women caring for, for the family uh, and the kids. Uh, so I definitely say it in my case, not because of my husband. My husband is, uh, he when he is at home, because he, his work is uh, freelance, so sometimes he can be at home for many, for many months. Sometimes he's away from the country for many months. So this brings these dynamics that I talk about. But even when he is at home, uh, there is still a strong uh, emphasis in certain aspects, which I care for whether he is there or not. So. I do think it comes to that um, equality uh, in, in seeing, in, 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 and not just equality, but also in these stereotypical roles that we attach to to women and men. So it's these two things go together. Um, so eventually, I think when we have in place uh, systems that allow for that equality to really uh, take place fully, I think that will change even more. We will see fathers or we will see the two members of a family, if it is a two member, taking equal responsibility on the care of the family or the care of uh, parents, you know, it extends, these caring responsibilities extends to many different aspects. And I think we will see that more coming if we have the assistance in place 
uh, strongly supporting their equality. I, I think this is it's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. No, I, I entirely agree with that. The, g the gender distribution of stereotypical expectations about childcare um, means it's it's very very important to get work life balance right for um, gender equality. Um, that that said, I think two two subtler points I'd make. Uh, yeah. I, what one is, I think it's important to normalise the idea of work life balance at work for everyone, totally. not to see it just for one group at the expense of others. And I think in terms of inclusion, I see it as uh, bringing something extra to the workplace. Uh, diverse teams make better decisions, diverse teams perform uh, better, and diverse teams are teams that actually do things um, apart from uh, their day job, as it were. Uh, and, and having that time and that flexibility uh, within and across careers is really important in developing people to their fullest potential. Yeah, this normalization that you talk, I completely agree because, of course, we have different different uh, kind of people within a university, for instance, and some will have these caring responsibilities, some will not, and and I think sometimes it can become I don't know how to put this, but even though these people might have these other people might have things outside work because of the culture in academia it might be that you work many many long hours while if you have a family of course you you have to adjust these hours um so unless we normalize this this life work balance or how i like calling it in which even if you don't have these caring responsibilities you still have a life which is outside work or work is just one part of your life if we normalize this i think it will create in my opinion a much better and more productive uh environment. I, I like that idea that work is one part of your life that you started off with. That's a, that's a nice mm -hmm. conception. You've got one life, um, we're, li we're living it, and yes. work is an important part of it, but, but it's a portfolio exactly. of different yeah. things we do mm. at different times. Mm. You're both um, role models as, as senior figures within your faculties and all the different roles that you have. How do you try to set an example to your teams and I guess particularly to younger academics and PhD candidates who are coming up, how do you try and set that culture for them to take that forward? Ooh. Lots of different ways, I, I, I think. Um, what, one is to be open and transparent about your commitment mm -hmm. to work-life balance. Um, to use examples to show that you've, you've done that as well as you understand that. Um, Modelling behaviours were something um, I learnt early on with my out-of-office messages, uh, which took on a life of their own. Um, mm -hmm. When I became a head of department, I, about it, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I, I started having out-of-office messages um, that emphasise some of the things I do out of, out of office. I'm out of office now, I'm on, I'm on holiday with my kids, work-life balance has turned to life-work balance, phrases like that. Um, I started to get quite a lot of... Um, um, positive reinforcement from people who email me saying, I really like your out of office message. And it became a sort of tradition, actually its own pressure on me uh, to, to make each one uh, uh, better than the last. But I think the important thing about them is people have also fed back that they like to see that a senior figure in the department is actually going away and, and not constantly on uh, and is also um, celebrating what they're doing that isn't work. 
Um, so I, I, I carried on with that. I think I'm also very open at work. People who know me uh, know I'm comfortable talking about my, my children, my wife, uh, my, my life. I don't impose that on others. Exactly. I, don't, I think if people yeah. want to be private, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But the point of being comfortable about talking about it myself is to show that these issues are important uh, and, and relevant to, to how we operate in, in our faculty and in our university. Yeah. I, I, sincer I sincerely, I don't aim to be a role model, but I have realized that being, as, as you go above in the academic career, do people, st people start looking, younger people and earlier junior people start looking at you. One of the things that I keep in, across all the spheres of my life is that I'm always very open in the things that I'm thinking, the things that I'm dealing with, etc. And I agree with you, this openness has come actually to be a very positive aspect because the members of my team, then they know when I have to take some time because I need to care about my kids. They know as well when I go on holiday, I might not reply to the messages. Sometimes I might if it is very important, etc. But one interesting thing that I have found is that I share many of these thinking and many of the things that are happening throughout my career in Facebook and in Twitter. And just an example, last week uh, I had a deadline, but my son had fever for three days. And he was with high fever during the whole night. And then I have to say, well, these deadlines have to have to wait because I have to cover this. So I posted a photo in Facebook and I mentioned this. I have these two deadlines, but I really have to care about my son. The deadlines will have to wait. And now we are just taking selfies to, the, to get distracted. And interestingly, young uh, early career researchers that are part of my network came back and wrote, well, I'm very happy that you're posting this here because otherwise we would think that you work all the time. And I'm always thinking, how do I manage this situation? Because I get very stressed when I have deadlines that this happened. So it created a discussion. That wasn't my intention. My intention was just to share in Facebook what was going on. Uh, but it created this discussion. So it, that, that was very nice. And similar reaction happened in Twitter. So I just put one, one line of what was going on. And, and it came to that particular positive reaction of people seeing that despite the fact that you are being successful, it's how they see these aspects. You still have these other parts of your life being important for you and, and you're caring for it. So I think this openness is quite crucial in setting a good culture about life or balancing. Uh, what I love about that example is I think sometimes my early career colleagues uh, say that more senior people seem to have the perfect career and everything <laughs> goes well and they've got children and they're constantly having examples about how it all works. And of course, real life isn't like that. No. Things go wrong and there are difficulties. And I, I, I think sh showing everyone um, that, that career pathways are like that uh, is a very important part of, of learning how best to develop your career and grow. Um, I, I haven't met anyone yet who hasn't failed at something or not done something, totally. um, even the most successful people. Yeah. And I think we sometimes forget that, particularly when we give career talks about, about our glorious yeah. careers and how, how they've progressed. Yeah, yeah failure is, is key, isn't it? And it's, it's a key part of your development in, yeah. I think, whatever career you have. It's what makes resilience. Yeah. yeah. It's exactly. not easy to take failure, I have to say, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's what builds resilience. Yeah, and perhaps it's overstating to bit to say it's fa failure in the sense that, that you fail, you, you're looking yeah. after your son, that's all <laughs> lovely. You know, it's, it's all relative. Well, that but I don't see it as a failure, no. Or, or the idea that you can't actually do everything. 
No, you know, none of us can actually yeah. do everything. Mm -hmm. and, and I certainly have more things I'd love to do uh, than I have time in the day to do, whether it's with my family, with my wife, with my friends, at work. There's a gazillion things. And you're always making these choices, and that goes back to your dynamics exactly. idea that yeah. you're always making these choices. Yeah. Failure is one thing. Is you work really hard for something, and like grants, you work really hard, you work four nights, and then you don't get it. And that feels like really mm. dramatic. Uh, but there is another thing about having it all, and or not having it all, or whether you can have it all. Uh, I would, if not having it all, I wouldn't call that a failure. I would just call having what is possible at the time of your life with the things that are going on in, in your life. And that I don't see it as a failure, I see it more like a natural development of a human being living, I don't know, yeah. Absolutely. And I just wanted to throw uh, one more thing in there. So. There's a link between productivity and a work-life balance and I found it really interesting to see that the UK uh, average full-time employee hours for the UK are the highest in Europe, amongst the highest, mm. but our productivity levels are quite low. How do you think we should be addressing that? Obviously the work-life balance is so important, but why do you think we have this culture of, of such long hours but coupled with this low productivity? Ooh, that's a that's a really big question. That yeah. certainly is beyond my professional expertise. <laughs> got, to economics, so, but we, but we some thoughts about it would be yeah. uh, pr productivity and creativity. Um, pro productivity. I certainly found that my productivity went way up after I had children. Um, also, that's way up after I got more jobs. In the sense that suddenly I had constrained times. I had to be home at a certain time to do the childcare. Mm. So I knew when I was finishing uh, on the day and I knew I had to do whatever I was doing, reviewing or grant writing or whatever, had to be fitted in because at some point I, it was my turn to do childcare and I had to leave. Um, it, it's not quite the same now. My children are 14 and 16 and my 16 year old isn't even in the country at the moment. So my constraints on uh, getting home aren't quite the same, but, but it really drove me uh, to really focus when I was at work um, and, and not drift around doing the things sometimes we do. Um, creativity is, is the flip side. Certainly my, my experience as an academic is in my discipline, yet yes, you have to put in hard work to do experiments and write them up and, and grants, but having good ideas um, is also really important um, and asking good questions. It's something I find very difficult uh, to, to, to do, and it doesn't happen by sitting at work and saying, now I'm going to have a good idea. Yeah, uh, I'm going to spend two hours this morning thinking about my best idea. Normally, for me, it will happen in completely unusual places. Running. You know, running, possibly running, mm. uh, though normally I think about as little as possible when running, <laughs> otherwise I feel very tired and then stop. Um, but, but for me, it might be out walking, uh, it might be lying in the bath, it, it might be in an unusual situation. And, and so actually taking some time off or out of your workplace I think can give you the good ideas and the solutions to the problems that when you come back into the workplace helps you be more productive. So I think that's a connection between the two that I certainly find very important. Yeah, and I think when you work long hours, I think, uh, of course, we are, I'm also not an expert in this subject, but I understand that your brain can only focus for a certain time. So after, certain, after so many hours, it, 
it doesn't really matter if you stay the longer. It might be that you do a little bit more, but your brain is is not in the right conditions to really focus on the tasks, etc. So that might be associated to this that we can be long working for very long hours, but still not producing the things uh, at the same rate as people that work less hours. So time, the the number of hours that you work with how much you produce or create new ideas is not a direct, there is not a direct linear link between these two things. So, and I agree with Garen that um, there is these two aspects, producing, which is finishing a task that you know exactly what the steps are to creating an idea that's not a task that has very well-defined steps and you need different conditions, different environments, going to have a coffee. For me, I need noise sometimes uh, to be able to think clearly. It, it, it sounds weird, but I, I need that level of noise. So I need to go and sit in a cafe, mm-hmm. hear some voices in which I don't focus on those voices, but that noise suddenly helps me to start producing ideas. So, Yeah, it, it's a balance. I think it's mm-hmm. it's rare to find somebody successful uh, in academia or in any other profession who, who doesn't work hard at what they do. Totally, uh, yeah. o- o- often it's also bound up by the fact we love what we do as well, so it's mm. so it's, it's uh, natural to work harder. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I think it's about recognising and in particular communicating to others uh, that taking time off, taking a break, doing something different, these are all adding to your ability to do your, your role, not detracting from it. If you could summarise all of your thoughts on this into, say, three tips for managing a good work-life balance, maybe from a sort of a, an organisational culture level, what would they be? <laughs> three tips. You're putting us on the spot now. For the organisation. I think I'll put one and you can jump and do a second one. I think that idea of setting an example from high up with being open will be quite key if we were able to see it at the higher levels. I think that definitely will, this of setting an example, more than setting a rule, setting an example has a higher impact than just putting the rule, don't check your email after five. That might help, but setting that example, I think is quite key. Always take your holidays. Don't think anyone ever went on vacation and came back and said... No, no one ever at the end of their long, distinguished career said, you know, you know, my only regret is I wish I'd taken less holiday. <laughs> Definitely not. So always take your holiday. I agree. Back to you. <laughs> Sorry, I gave you an answer. A little bit quick, mine. OK. And I think the third one is... Um, I think a good communication in in a team or a good communication with your line manager, uh, a good communication with the team that you manage about these issues explicitly will create a culture in which normalizes this life-work balancing act. Thank you. Good tips. (laughs) Oh, I can come up with another one as well. Email's the bane of your life and everyone else's. So I think whatever your strategy for managing emails, 
you have to have one because it contributes to that always-on idea. Uh, and to some extent, I am always on because in my current role as dean, I do have to uh, be respond to emergencies, and sometimes those are out of hours. But I think everyone, whatever their stage, needs some strategy for not sending emails at some point, or not, checking, not checking emails at some point, not copying in lots of people, not sending an email when you could pick up the phone. All of those kind of tips that we all see in self-help articles. But I think if if one one life to work life tip to my former self would be get a strategy as early as possible and stick to it. I think I'm going to have to take that tip myself. <laughs> yes, I think me too. <laughs> Thank you so much both. Um, to end, I'd like to pick up on something that was in your interview, Geraint, which you actually mentioned earlier, um, which is that balance is a verb, not a noun. And a work-life balance is not something you fix. It's something you're constantly practicing and rehearsing and reflecting on. I think that's quite a nice takeaway from today's discussion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. UCR Minds brings together the knowledge, insights and ideas of our community through a wide range of events and activities that are open to everyone.